Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, happy Wednesday, and welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the CHGO Bears podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. And what is up, everyone? I'm Will DeWitt. I'm your host today, and I'm here in studio, and I have breaking free of the bubble. Of course, Nick is right here, and dude, it's great to see you. Good to see you out of the bubble, Will. Yeah, feels really, really good. There's a little bit more room in here, and honestly, after yesterday, you impeded in my bubble space. I, I had to just get out of here and uh, impede your space here in studio. Hey, I, I don't mind that at all. And um, I don't think we know exactly how that happened with the uh, double me, me in the bubble and me here. It was um, interesting, but I'm glad you're here. We're doing this live in person. It's It's been a little bit, but hey, and we're continuing Countdown to Camp, and it looks like people are loving it so far. People are loving our annual breakdown of Countdown to Camp today. We have two positions uh, to preview running back and tight end. Everyone really enjoyed yesterday's extended episode having our CEO, not CEO, sorry, I just saw Brandon walk in. So yeah. our CEO actually is here, but our GM. Our GM Jake. also got here, Jake Flanagan. And yeah, people want more Jake. Yeah. Jake, are you coming on? Damn, I, I no. usually am pretty loud and he can hear me, but he's simply ignoring me talking to Kevin, our head of content. All right, bye, Jake. Great seeing you. <laughs> He's, he is a little bit. Yeah, he is focused. He's zoned in. But I just I told you I had a fun fact about Countdown to Camp. Yes. So we've been doing this. It's year seven for us. Did you know at the end of this week, Nick, that will mean you and I have previewed 630 Chicago Bears over seven years because we do the 90-man roster every summer? <laughs> oh, that's an insane stat that you have there. Uh, probably too many Bears players, meaning that a lot of guys are coming and leaving. And when you go through three different coaches now, wait, is it three or four now? It'd be three. Uh, yeah. Fox, Nagy. We didn't do Tressman. Don't didn't, worry. Yeah, so, okay. Don't worry. That's why. Okay. Well, um, that's crazy. And hopefully that number can become more consistent and not grow. Well, actually, there's a lot of players that are going to be new next year, but crazy. That's a lot of Bears players. It is, but we have a handful plus to get here today. And I don't, I, I can catch up with you all day long because it's great seeing you in person, but we do need to kind of get down to business here today. And I want to begin at running back for our preview. And let's start with Tier 1, and we'll begin our conversation with David Montgomery. And things have been pretty steady for Monty since he joined the league in 2019. He averages about 900 yards, seven touchdowns on the ground per season. He's averaged only 16 carries per game. Thank you, Matt Nagy. And now <laughs> entering a contract season, Montgomery is looking to improve on those 65 rushing yards per game average he had the last year which ranked actually 10th in the NFL running back showing you just how 
different landscape the NFL is for running backs compared to even just like five, six years ago when guys were averaging well a little bit more than 65 yards per game. And looking at him this year, he's going to be part of his scheme that asks him to be a little bit more patient, allow those holes to open up, those blockers to get those lanes uh, available, and then do his magic in space. Nick, I just want to know, Obviously, we know what type of player Montgomery is. We've seen him here for a long time now, contract year. What are those expectations for Monty this season? I think expectations for a guy that is going to be in, in a different scheme, um, obviously with a new offensive coordinator in Luke Getze, but very similar to what he's been doing consistently, raking tackles, being able to get yardage when he has no business getting any, and he's behind an offensive line that we previewed yesterday, Will, that's pretty – Suspect at best, mm-hmm. but still you expect David Montgomery to be the hard runner who's going to get you those, you know, if you need two yards on a third and two, you can give the ball to David Montgomery and he'll find a way to kind of get those yards. But I expect him also in this offense, and you were the one who first said it. I don't remember what podcast it was, Will, but the Bears running back should be utilized more in the passing game mm-hmm. because Green Bay, Luke Getze, A.J. Dillon, and – um you know, just the guys over there, That's you, you'll use those kind of guys, Aaron Jones, in the passing game. Could that be a little bit foreshadowing what you might see with the David Montgomery? So expect him to do a lot that he's already done, but maybe add a little bit more of that receiving game into this 2022 season. Yeah, he's been fine as mm-hmm. a receiver, but also he's done what the Bears have asked him to do previously. Yeah. So in a new scheme that may ask him to do more, he has shown me nothing to give me any concern that he can't handle a bigger load as a receiver coming out of the backfield. When I look at David Montgomery, first of all, he may be looking at a slight dip in carries this year mm-hmm. just due to the fact that Luke Getze, his background, they like to deploy multiple running backs. A uh, player that we'll talk about soon, Khalil Herbert, most likely will get more this year. So that's something to kind of take into consideration. Last year in Green Bay, they split it pretty much 50-50 between Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Yep. I don't know if it'll go exactly 50-50 here in Chicago with David Montgomery on this contract year when he has a lot to prove. But – I don't expect it to be as skewed as it's been over the last few seasons, really since he's been here in Chicago. Outside of that, if I want to look at one area he can improve, and I already mentioned it, though, patience. He has great vision. He has tremendous burst. We've seen it, the ability to fight through contact, gaining those additional yards. But in the zone scheme, you can't rush things. And I know he's had really bad offensive lines that he hasn't been able to trust. So it does make it difficult to not run around like with a sense of urgency back there. Mm-hmm. But if they can give him a little bit of room to operate, he was contacted almost like I think towards the bottom of the league in terms of like how far he can get for contacted. I don't have that Makes set sense. here in front of me. I had it a few weeks ago on this show. If you're really curious, go check it out. But that's the one thing I think he should kind of work on this offseason. But outside of that, I think it's just pretty much status quo for number 32. Yeah, and I think the one thing for me, and it's something that is a little bit outside of his control because they happen at any given time are injuries. And Dave Montgomery, he did play in 13 games last season. It was that week four matchup against the Detroit Lions. And, you know, Adam Hogue has always said it. Like, after that, it kind of seemed like that burst that Montgomery had in training camp week one against the Rams where he busts off a big run really early on in that first quarter. It wasn't as consistent ever since that injury and ever you know after week one his yards after contact weren't as high as it was in that first game so if David Montgomery can put together a 
I won't even say 17 game season. Even if it's 15, I think he's a thousand yard rusher last season. Because mm-hmm. again, he he did 849 yards, 225 attempts in 13 games. Yep. Give him give David Montgomery two more games. I think he's a thousand yard rusher. Now the big thing is like the efficiency, right? He has a 3.8 average. Mm-hmm. Gosh, it would be nice to see. And again, blocking goes a big part of this. It's not just all, all in the running backs and. Um, like Roquan Smith, who's very looked at around the league as not being, I guess, quote-unquote the best by ESPN Center, PFF, whatever you want to use. Dave Montgomery, uh, ESPN did their their article previewing each position, not mentioned anywhere. In the top 10, the guys that got any votes. So I think David Montgomery has a chip on his shoulder. You know, he said it before. He's looked at some of these rankings mm-hmm. in prior seasons, and that kind of motivates him. Same same kind of uh, question surrounding him from the outside looking in. So let's see what he can do in 2022. Yeah, I, I remember that clip well, him mm-hmm. telling Aggie, like, Coach, like, I'm not supposed to be good this year. Have you looked at the yep. websites? Have you looked at the list? Like, I'm not supposed to be good. And, and Coach Nagy at the time was like, well, use that as motivation to be better and prove them wrong. And I, I think the same can be said this year for Monty. We'll talk about him more, I'm sure, actually right now, too, as we switch over officially to Khalil Herbert, because they're going to be more of a tandem mm-hmm. this season. And he really burst onto the scene as a rookie. And speaking of burst, it reminds me of our good friend Mason West, we've done a lot of podcasts with. Yep. I remember him up in the booth last year saying that Herbert has that uh, the burst, the jiggle, and the wiggle. Uh, I remember that <laughs> quote very fondly there, too. And boy, did he ever. 530 total yards on offense, 433 in the ground, 96 receiver, two touchdowns. And when I think back on his season last year, I always go back to that game against Tampa Bay when he had mm-hmm. 100 yards and 18 attempts. He averaged 5.6 yards per attempt against Tampa Bay's defense. That, as we know, was pretty stout against the run last year. And he also averaged 4.11, 4.11, I guess, yards after contact per carry. Uh, when I look at Khalil Herbert, and I know we've talked about it a few times this offseason, but I can't shake it, Nick. Is he just simply a more natural fit in this scheme? It doesn't need to take anything away from David Montgomery, but when you look at what the Bears are trying to do on paper and you're looking for your prototypical running back in this offense, does that look more like Herbert than perhaps Montgomery? Um, it's a good question. Well, I think they're both capable of doing what is being asked in this system. And again, you, you preached on, like you said, Patience is the key here. And I think they're both capable of it. It's just you've seen it almost more consistently out of Khalil Herbert in the limited amount of uh, snaps that he's had. So that's always a plus when you can see that out of a guy that's not the starter, who isn't getting the starting reps, but when he's asked to go in, he, the, the offense doesn't skip a beat in, in terms of what they want to do on the ground. So I think... So I, I guess to answer your question, I'm not going to go too far in saying Khalil Herbert's better, but they both can get the job done mm-hmm. in terms of just reading the outside zone, see, watching and waiting for the blocks to happen, and then hopefully exploiting some big runs out of it. And I believe their skill sets can complement one another. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not trying to say they cannot. And that's what they happened in Green Bay. They had yeah. two very different style running backs, Dylan the Bruiser, and then he had Aaron Jones, more of the speedy, shifty running back. Yeah. And I, I think here – both are strong, capable backs. I don't know if I would call Herbert the bruiser. Would Montgomery almost be the bruiser here? Because he, yeah, and I wouldn't, you know, he, characterize either one as being like the speedy guy. Like you yeah. know how you see Aaron Jones is like distinct. He's got that speed, and AJ Dillon. You saw what he did that poor kingfish mascot that's been going viral. Have you seen that? <laughs> we well, did it yeah. on the show. Oh, that's right. We we showed it. Yeah, yeah. and that was a uh, poor poor guy. 
But um, yes, we see he's the bruiser. But yeah, the bear they're very I think they're similar in their skill sets with Montgomery and Herbert. I want to know when you look at Herbert last season, what do you like most about his game and what area of it should he improve in year two to kind of demonstrate that he's growing and developing at the rate that we need in this offense to become a bigger part of it? I think the big thing that I saw was if you're trying to make an ankle tackle or if you don't have that perfect setup in terms of like squaring up the, the offensive player being Herbert, there's a good chance you're not bringing him down. He's constantly moving his legs, constantly falling forward and finding the yardage that is needed uh, to either get a first down or whatever it may be. But that's what you like about Khalil Herbert. The one thing that I think I mentioned earlier that I want to still see him improve upon is that even though he didn't have many drops last season, or didn't even have too many opportunities, mm-hmm. there were just a couple of key situations in games. And I go back to Green Bay where he had a sim- it was a drop in the backfield and it was on second down. But then it put the Bears in a third and eighth situation. Justin Fields, the next play, he doesn't get sacked, but he only gains two yards at the punt. And then ever since that, Green Bay kind of had momentum and you know put together some scoring drives. But just being a consistent catcher out of the backfield, if you can do that and show that you're a capable runner, now you're a complete back. If I remember correctly, when he was targeted last year, there were only two incompletions when mm-hmm. thrown his way, and both of them were drops. Yeah. So they were opportunities that he had, wasn't able to capitalize. Now, I think it was like 14 of 16. Yep. I'm, yeah, so. I'm still kind of okay with it, mm-hmm. but. And he, he can make those catches, too. Yes. They're not like out of his realm of, of possibility to make. He can definitely make them, just focus drops. That's basically what it was. Now, we talked about how the carries may be split a a little bit more evenly. Perhaps it won't be exactly that 50-50, but we should see more of Herbert last year. At least I would hope so. You know, when he was the premier back last season when Montgomery was injured in weeks five through eight, he was averaging 19 carries and 86 yards on the ground per game. And then Montgomery came back after week eight, and for the rest of the season, Herbert didn't see any more than four carries in a single game, which I thought was a huge miss by the previous regime uh, running that offense because he had a really capable player just kind of sitting on the bench. Uh, We'll get into some specific numbers that I have an over-under, but if you had to guess like a percentage split between Herbert and Montgomery, like how do you see that getting divvied up? It's a good good question, Will, because I wonder like – how the Bears will actually do because I'm looking at Green Bay's numbers in terms of how much they actually use like 21 personnel mm-hmm. having both those running backs out there 5% so 53 snaps out of all of 2021 so and that's probably it's pretty consistent throughout the league it's not going to be a high number you're going to see two running backs out there but I still think obviously Dave Montgomery is your feature back he should get a majority of the carries but throughout the course of a game I would like to see more like on a given drive, this is your drive. You can take, whether it's Herbert or Montgomery, you take this drive, we'll, we'll run with you, and then maybe situationally down in the red zone, you could do some creative stuff with both those guys. But, yeah, percentage-wise, Will, I really don't know. I don't know how Luke Getzey's going to envision both these guys out there. Again, it doesn't usually happen both at the same time, mm-hmm. but hopefully you just see throughout a game, hey, Montgomery, you get this drive, Herbert, you get this drive, and then you can kind of get some momentum in there if you're actually sustaining and staying on the field. But I don't know if, like, in and outs are going to be the best approach. Yeah, you don't need it to be like popcorn or football when Ex- you're running a guy in and out. Yep. Like, hey, you can be our play relay because they don't have headsets mm-hmm. in youth leagues. Like, we don't want that. I, I like the by drive basis. I would not be opposed if 
Getsy just decides, like, I'm going to ride whoever's hot. That's true. Like, and a game-by-game, matchup-by-matchup basis. Like, if it isn't Monty's game but Herbert's, you know, slicing it up, there's no reason to force it. True, yeah. And if the other, you know, if the opposite is true a week later, same exact thing. Oh, lean more towards Montgomery instead of Herbert. Whoever's the hottest guy, I really wouldn't mind any given week. All right, anything else on uh, Herbert or Monty for Tier 1 before we move over to Tier 2? Uh, the only thing, I just think that regardless of who's – like the running game is going to obviously be a big factor in the Spurs offense, and those two are should get a good workload this season. And, again, we don't know maybe percentages-wise right now, but I would expect both those guys to get some decent work in 2022. All right, officially time to jump into our next tier of players. We have Kyrie Blassingame, technically a fullback, but fullback, yep. he has to fit somewhere, and mm-hmm. this is the episode to do it. We have Darrington Evans, uh, a player that the Bears got from the Titans off of a waiver claim really early in the offseason, one of Ryan Pohl's very first moves as general manager. And then the Bears' sixth-round pick in Tristan Ebner, a receiving-style back as well. So we have a lot of guys with a lot of different skill sets. Well, obviously blasting game compared to the running backs has a mm-hmm. completely different skill set. Let's start with him real quick. I know you wrote a pretty good article up on him about a month and a half, two months ago now. What are your expectations for blasting game in this offense? I understand his role. If you want to kind of explain that to our listeners, feel free, but he's not going to get a lot of touches from what I can no. tell. He's not going to see the football a ton. Primarily, he's there to pave the way for these running backs. Do you think he can be effective? I think he can be. Um, I know that, you know, back in Tennessee, he did end up getting replaced. And it's been some time since he actually played some meaningful snaps. But I think just the emphasis on the run game is going to be huge here in Chicago this season. And Tony brings up a good point. I think blasting game, and again, he's not going to get a large majority of, of targets or anything like that, but... He's shown some things in OTAs that he can move and create some, you know, just run some pretty efficient routes. So maybe that's just not an X factor, but just another little weapon that you can use out of the backfield. Yeah, it's not a lot. 32 career games, only has 13 touches, 10 of which were catches coming out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. So again, like, it's he's your fullback. If the defense is taking away Darnell Mooney, the other receivers, Cole Komet, who we'll talk about later in this episode, as well as your running back, you just dump it off to, you know, Kyrie and let him eat some open mm-hmm. space. Like, you just find the grass and go get it. Uh, he does average almost eight yards per touch in his career, though. Again, yeah. only a small number, but that's still very impactful touches when they do happen. Absolutely. Yeah, like the fullback, it shouldn't be somebody that you're – is, I guess, really featured in your, um, you know, offense unless he's Kyle Uchek, right, from the 49ers. Like, that's a guy that on any given play can get the ball, but – I think Kahari Blasting Game can find a role in this Bears offense. All right. I, I know we talked about it a week ago, too, about like when he was in Tennessee last year, he got injured, and then they found an undrafted free agent fullback last year that stepped in and kind of did a little better, mm-hmm. and that's why the Titans let Blasting Game walk. Hopefully, here in Chicago, he can still do what the Bears are asking him to do, and I really expect him to. I don't believe we need to have too large of a conversation on blasting game here with everything else that we have in store. Uh, but that's just kind of where I'm at on him as of today, just knowing he's here and they like guys with chip on their shoulders. And I'm sure yeah. being the starting fullback for a couple of years, getting hurt and almost losing your job because of injury would put a chip on my shoulder. So come here in Chicago and let's prove the Titans wrong. That's yeah, exactly. And it's a new coaching staff too. So it's like he has to prove himself to this coaching staff first. If he really does want to one, make the 53 and just have a, a role in this offense. 
All right, Darrington Evans. He's only appeared in six games since joining the league as a third-round pick in the 2020 draft. Coming out of college, the consensus was that he can be a team solid running back two uh, in a zone-heavy system. Hello, we're in a zone-heavy system here in Chicago. Uh, he's a superior athlete. His RAS score coming out of college was at 9.11. The only knock on him was his lack of size. He's yeah. a little bit of a smaller back, and that unfortunately has led to some injuries here at the next level. Uh, he was super productive at Appalachian State. He has a great skill set, super athletic. It's just injuries. They just can't stacking on top of one another, and it's totally derailed his career. Titans decided to move on, and Ryan Poles saw something enough to do a waiver claim, didn't want him to hit the open market, and he's here in Chicago fighting for a roster spot. I just want to know what – I know we'll talk about Ebner here in a minute, and maybe it's a good idea to bring both of them into the same conversation because mm-hmm. they could both be fighting for that RB3 role, but – what do you like of, you know, Darrington Evans, if anything? Because, again, only six games, a handful of touches. It's really hard to see a lot of substance of him being an effective player at this level. Yeah, and I think the thing, too, Will, like the small sample size in games, then honestly even in, like, these OTA practices and mini camps, you're not really noticing Darrington mm-hmm. Evans. And obviously the running back group is one of the smaller ones on, on a roster. Like there's not many guys that can actually stand out. So – and maybe maybe it's his time to actually make uh, an appearance, I guess, an appearance, quote unquote, um, in training camp. But you know, you're hoping, or the Bears are probably hoping that he can be someone with that with that speed, that ability to move in space. That again, not like a Kahari blasting game, but out of the backfield, you could throw a swing pass that way. Maybe make a few people miss, and then you can you know get some yards. But I think it's the other guy that, obviously, that we mentioned the draft pick, Tristan Ebner, that that's where the competition's at. Yeah. Because when you look at his skill set, and if that's what they're asking for out of that third running back, it's leaning toward Tristan Ebner to almost be, I'm not going to say the front runner, he's got to prove himself first, but he's made some a couple plays here in mini camps already. So if you're looking for the pass catcher, well, Tristan Ebner definitely has that skill set. Ebner does. He's not the same athlete that Evans is. Evans ran a 4-4-1 coming out of college, which would make him the fastest running back mm-hmm. on this roster. Yep. I know Nomad was mentioning his explosiveness. It was super evident in college. It's just, damn, like injuries really suck for players like him. And you mentioned Ebner in making plays in OTAs. If he does the same in training camp and in preseason, Ryan Poles would be very – apprehensive of trying to stash him on the practice squad because a he can be claimed from it and b he could actually be poached while you cut him to bring him back on the squad like the other teams could pick him up and ryan poles as his first year's gm here does not want a promising draft pick of his to go somewhere else because he tried to be a little too cute and hide him on the practice squad so if ebner makes a ton of noise in camp in preseason there's, it's going to be hard for them to even try to sneak Evans on in his place because, again, Poles is not going to let him let him go. And when you look at Ebner, did you know he finished second all-time in Baylor history with 4,542 all-purpose yards? Um, it doesn't surprise me, given his skill set, but now now I know number. I wonder who's first on that list. Uh, yeah, I'm trying I to think of, like, Baylor that. guys, but nothing, nothing's coming up. Maybe if you have it in the comments, you can definitely drop it in there. But, yeah, trust in Ebner. I mean, he just does so much for you. 
So it doesn't. It's not a big surprise that you know he's able to get that much yardage. And another fun fact, because you know me, I love throwing out fun facts. Of course. Uh, in the PFF era, his receiving grade for college as a running back inside the Big Twelve was the second highest grade they've ever recorded for someone's career. The oh. only back he's trailing, well, trailed because he ain't playing college anymore, <laughs> uh, is Joe Mixon. It was oh, the only one who's a, a very good running back and has been able to be a very effective receiver in the NFL out of the backfield. And so if that is the blueprint, I'm not complaining. Uh, I don't think most Bears fans will complain if that's a blueprint there, Will. But, yeah, he's in, you know, just contention with a lot of guys back in college. If he can bring those that skill set and it translates to the Bears, and you're not going to see many opportunities, I think, even, you know, just given the, the two guys ahead of him. That's, that's how you make a, a niche on this team, and then you can grow from there to be more of, not a feature back, but just more of a compliment in this offense. Is there anything between these guys that you're watching for a camp that would give you a clue as to who's maybe, you know, slightly edging out the other? Uh, I know the Bears in previous years have made it very difficult to gauge this by yeah. how often they'll switch guys in and out with all three, you know, first, second, and third team to really throw media and fans alike off of, like, who's actually where in the pecking order. But how can one of them kind of sh- prove themselves with your eye test? Yeah, I think with the eye test, like it's it's sometimes difficult, even when it's training camp when the pads are on, with you know when they're actually running the ball, because sometimes you don't want you're not bringing guys to the ground still. So I still think the best way for either Evans or um, Ebner to kind of really prove themselves is going to be in the passing game. So when they're getting lined up one on one with the linebacker, even in seven on sevens, like that's where you really want to show who can be that next man up. If you could do that consistently and stack those days, that's how you can see yourself work from the third team to the second team. And then, you know, so on and so forth. I doubt they get onto the first team unless one of the other guys was has a day off or gets injured, but that's how you can do it easily. Because when we look at things, we usually watch all the splash passing plays. Yep. Right? Those are the ones that get all the social media interaction and things like that. But if you can do that against a linebacker, if you can keep making catches like you did against Caleb Johnson – just a wheel route down the left sideline going and elevating over him, that's how you prove to the coaching staff that, hey, maybe I can play a little bit sooner than expected. And if Ebner makes the team and the Bears want him to have a role in this offense, they don't need to force it. They don't need to like try to make him do things he's not ready to do at this level. They can really just have him, as you said, the niche, the niche, however mm-hmm. you want to. Niche, niche, whatever, yep. Nicholas Moriano. There you go. Yep, <laughs> that's, that's definitely how you do it. But. <laughs> But for real, though, like you can just have him be that receiver coming out or line up in the slot. The only challenge with it is he can't be too predictable with it. Like You'll have to yeah, try to like, keep defenses somewhat honest. Mm-hmm. But also, if he's a player that has a few of those big plays early in the season, you can start using him as a decoy, and that's a good thing to have as well. Yep. Never have too many of those. All right, real quickly, Tier 3. We only got one running back here, and that is Demontre Tuggle, the undrafted free agent out of Ohio. Not Ohio State. Ohio. Ohio. A little different. So if people mm-hmm. are wondering, hey, is that a former teammate of Justin Fields? No. Is there anything on Tuggle that you wanted to share in this episode? I know he's like an in-between-the-tackle guy. He's he's not the best athlete. I think he's a camp body slash practice squad candidate. Uh, but outside of that, I don't have many expectations. Yeah, like the thing is he's probably going to get a lot of opportunities with the third team, right? If you're looking at Ebner and Evans being with that second team unit as of right now, then – Tuggle's going to get a lot of good looks uh, with Nathan Peterman and whoever they have at their offensive line in that stage uh, of camp. But, yeah, so he'll get some good reps, and 
maybe hopefully show some good looks for the defense, but nothing too much on Tuggle. Um, probably on the outside, definitely outside looking in if he wants to make this roster. All right, good stuff there, Nick. Really great conversation on the Chicago Bears running backs. We'll talk about the tight ends in just a minute, but before we do, I just want to make sure that you know that the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use the code CHGO when you sign up. And if you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. But that's not it. If you make a $50 more first-hand deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker, and if you're hearing that, Nick is cracking open. Is it a cold Zoa at least? It's lukewarm uh, it's not Zoa. Lukewarm. It's just above that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, anywho, that's two thousand dollars in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making a more than fifty dollars first time deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions, please email PointsBet at lchgo.com. Our team will be more than happy to help you out. Your home for live in-play betting just got even better. See an edge in the game you're watching. Is your favorite team primed for a comeback? Don't just watch the game. Bet along with it live. More live betting, more live markets, and faster live cash-outs. Follow along with your bets the moment they hit and stay in the live action all game long. You can download the PointsBet app right now and use the code CHGO. So what are you waiting for? It's time to elevate your live betting game. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. And if you or somebody you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLE for crisis counseling and referral services. And real quick, Nick, before you get into this next one, I just want to know, did you get your free money yesterday? Nope, I completely forgot to make that bet. Did you know uh, both of mine hit? Uh, when I saw the... Well, I figured it did. Mm-hmm. Because um, I would have gotten... You said it was free money, Will. I did. And I just did not log into points bets. So that's on me. Yep. Don't make that mistake twice. Just listen to Will because he's way better than I am. At these. That's right. Two for two yesterday. Had the American <laughs> League winning and the over-under. I said those would be under seven and a half. I think the total is seven runs. So right there on it. And I'm just waiting for my invitation to the CHGO bets. Uh, yeah, it should be right there on your doorstep uh, <laughs> when you go back to Indiana. And it'll be right there. And then you have to make your way back. But I'll see you soon, Cody. Yeah, I wish I would have made that bet. And you know what? I also wish I would have had this morning my Athletic Greens. Like, and I see there's actually a whole new batch in the office here. I will be taking one of those on the way out. Um, would have helped me with my workout that I had this morning. And there will be a video at some point uh, that we'll be posting. I did a couple workouts with Dr. Michael Rischer at the rehab lab. And we did some uh, exercises that Justin Field and some of the other Bears players, uh, he has them going through. So that will be out uh, and soon. Uh, and you'll just have to check it out when we post it. But Athletic Greens. With one scoop of Athletic Greens, you are absorbing – 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day off right. This mixture of ingredients helps your immune system, gives you energy, and improves your focus, and that's why I take my Athletic Greens, and you should too. What's awesome about Athletic Greens is that it costs less than a cup of coffee a day. Also, it helps support better sleep quality and recovery, which we all definitely need. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. It's pretty simple. Every time you get a glass of water, just put your athletic greens in there. You'll be good to go. And there's no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health to make it easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash CHGO Bears. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash CHGO Bears to take ownership over your health 
and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. All right. You're listening to the CHGO Bears podcast. I'm Will DeWitt, joined by Nicholas Moriano. I was debating Nick or Nicholas, so I put the awkward pause in there. Best of both worlds. And there we are go. in the sweltering CHGO studio today. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's hot. <laughs> You're used to it probably by now, huh? A little bit, maybe? No. Okay. Yeah, like I feel like um, every time it's like, oh, boy, we're doing this again. At least the bubble has AC. That's the good thing about the bubble. Yep. It does have AC. <laughs> Real quickly, Will, yeah, we I do saw have a that. super chat. Oh. Um, <laughs> this is an interesting question. Who was the bigger clown, Nagy or Tressman? Pick me, pick okay. me, pick me. Nagy, 100% of the time. Now, I know he was the coach of the year, 2018, okay. but that dude – I think got so exposed over the last couple of years in Chicago, whether it be his uh, leadership, which I don't think clicked. It wasn't hitting the same with like with losing that came same kind of style. He didn't really adapt it to kind of roll with the time. Same thing with his offense. And I know there's a lot that I dislike about Mark Tressman and his time here in Chicago as well. But the one thing the man was able to do was find a way to make that offense work mm-hmm. with Alshon Jeffrey, Brandon Marshall, Jay Cutler, Martellus Bennett, that season, I remember the, his very first season as the Bears head coach, uh, Peyton Manning just went to Denver, and Denver's offense was the top-scoring offense in the NFL. Number two is the Bears. It's so weird. <laughs> it's, it's like the only a, time – I know, I want that back. That would be nice to have. Um, man, it's a tough question, and, you know, I'll just go with Nagy too because when you look at the, what the defense was able to do for the Bears and really Vic Fangio, you look at Nagy – and what did he actually bring to this Bears team? And, like, there was a good culture in 2018, like, you know, the, the parties that they would have after games and stuff, you know, clubbed. Oh, that was great. But outside, once it got past that, then, like you said, you saw just how the offense really was inefficient. Nothing clicked. And then now, ultimately, he's gone. But, yeah, I'll just go with Nagy, too. All right. I mean, we can have a, probably a whole episode on who's probably. the biggest clown between those two. <laughs> uh, but I appreciate the super chat. We have some tight ends uh, that we need to preview here before camp starts next week. Can't wait for that, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's getting so close. I can almost taste it. But let's begin with tier one, and we'll start with Cole Komet, who, by the way, he put very similar numbers in year two that Greg Olson did in his third season as a Bear. Both had 60 catches for 612 yards. I don't know how that works out but they did and it took him at 15 less targets to do that the big difference though is Greg Olson had eight touchdowns that season it's a lot and obviously getting to the end zone matters it can quickly change uh your perception of any player Mm -hmm. and it's really for Cole Komet at least for me it's put up or shut up time for him in terms like he needs to find a way to produce point this season in this new offense and he led the team in red zone targets last year with 13 he had seven catches inside the 20 but no scores Jimmy Graham for reference had five catches and four touchdowns in the 20 so highly more efficient and getting some points when he's actually being targeted in the red zone what areas of improvement outside of scoring are on your list for Cole Komet this season I think the big thing too when you look at some of those red zone targets Yes, there was sometimes there was um, a timing issue between him and the quarterback, but it's also body control. And one of the big things in these OTAs minicamp that Matt Eberflus was talking about, what he wanted to see, was body control. So if you can get a six foot six, 250-plus-pound target to be able to contort his body at the exact time he needs to when the ball is thrown, 
your range becomes so much more wider. So that's what I want to see just Cole Komet be a better at. So whenever the ball is thrown, whether he needs to go low to the ground, there was one in Green Bay. It was the primetime game in Green Bay where it was a low ball. Cole Komet could have, and he, he referenced it in a press conference, he should have caught it, and he didn't. So I want to be able to see him be able to maneuver and adjust to wherever the ball is thrown because he does he is a big target. And so outside of, like, obviously red zone production, those touchdowns, that would be the big thing for me, uh, just being a guy that you can consistently throw to regardless if the ball is not placed perfectly because there's going to be some tight windows, but he can go up and make the catch. So if he could show that to me this season, that is definitely a mark for improvement. I see a comment from Chris Raines. that Graham got all the tight end red zone targets. He did not. Go to NFLSavant.com, and I'll let you know that Komet had 13. Graham only had five, but Graham also had four touchdowns. Komet needs to be able to capitalize on those. And two in two seasons, it's just not enough. But under Luke Getze, I think there's hope. Look what Robert Tunyon was able to do in Green Bay. Even when he went down with injury, two other tight ends were able to step up in his place. And although it took two tight ends to equal Tunyon's production, I just feel like he can find a way to get Cole Komet involved in this offense and being a, a factor within it as well. He was 11th most last year in the NFL in terms of uh, targets. He finished 17th in receptions and 16 in yards. So for me, when I see that, when you're just on the cusp of a top 10 in terms of like targets for a tight end, but you're almost near 20 for your production, it just shows like how much you're leaving on the table. And I need to see him like I want to see those targets receptions and yards all kind of add up to like the same caliber of player. There were times last year where he left some plays on the field. I thought uh, that he could have broke some tackles, gained some additional yards, make someone miss. So we'll see, but those are just some areas of his game that I'm hoping he can kind of take that next level in year three and a third year for tight ends in this league is a big one. It is a big one. And like when I think back to just last year, some of the games from Cole Komet, Pittsburgh stands out for a game that was, you know, in favor of what Komet could do. He's running down the seam, catching balls over the middle of the field. That's what you want to see. Then, again, I referenced the play in Green Bay. He's talked about Komet about against Fred Warner and the 49ers, that, that play where it's almost like a back shoulder. The timing wasn't there, so he wasn't able to make that one. But then there's, like, the play against Arizona where Komet's going down a seam. He has to go low for a ball. He doesn't catch it cleanly, and it pops right back up to the air, gets intercepted. Mm-hmm. It's like... When I'm talking about, and like I see Chris also here, Komet is an athlete. He was a great receiving tight end in college. I agree with that. But some of those more difficult catches, I want him to see if he can become more consistent with that. Because if he can, then you're really utilizing all the great attributes that Cole Komet does possess. And hopefully that leads to more touchdowns. Because that, that's the biggest mm-hmm. thing. Well, if he can get more, he can get four touchdowns, whatever. Oh, I put five. Five? Hey, <laughs> that would be even better. But if he can show that, Man, now you're feeling really good about Cole Komet and where he's going. The whole career. conversation changes. It does, yeah. If he, man, he, well, not one touchdown, but even if he has two, it's like a little different. He's tied his rookie season, but had zero. I wouldn't had be, zero. I wouldn't be satisfied with two. Yeah, not this yeah. year. No, not this year. I think it, we'll probably get to it towards the end of the show. But you know, I got something up, up my sleeve. Yep. All right, uh, let's, that, was, that was tier one. <laughs> I, yeah, that was it. That was it. Cole Komet. And moving over to tier two, we got a couple of veterans uh, that I'm okay with. Like, I'm happy that they're here in Chicago. We have Ryan Griffin entering year 10. He's a 32-year-old. 
Uh, he had a hot end of the season last year, 17 catches, 190 yards in the final seven games. Then you have James O'Shaughnessy, who spent the last five seasons with the Jaguars. I'm very sorry to hear that. <laughs> After, yeah, I mean, he was drafted to the Chiefs in 2015. Ryan Poles is there. They had Travis Kelsey, though, after a few years, so then yeah. they were able to kind of, you know, let James go, and unfortunately he landed in Jacksonville. Uh, a lot of quarterback turnover over there, but last season he only played in seven games uh, due to injuries. Uh, he had uh, an average of three catches for 35 yards per game in those seven games last season, and even though he missed 11 games in the last two years, he has over 500 yards receiving with an average of 10 yards per catch since the 2020 season, and he does a lot of his damage underneath. He's someone that... I think can have a role in this offense. But between these two players, Nick, I want to know your opinion. Who do you th- like more to have what I'll cl- say, and I'll put air quotes around it, a sizable role within this Bears offense? Ooh. You know, These are two solid but not spectacular options to back up Komet, but who can have a more sizable role? Good good question there, Will. Um, I'll be like, like a cop-out answer, whichever one can block better. And, tra- and show that <laughs> first off in training camp. Because I think that's where, when you look at these two guys, obviously free age acquisitions, one-year deals, um, and older, having some experience, it's whichever guy can actually show he can be a consistent blocker when they do put two tight ends out on the field, which I think is going to happen more often in this Bears offense. And then you'll have those play-action type of plays, but whichever one can be the more reliable blocker will then be the guy that is out there more. And then the other tight end probably both of them will be on special teams. They're going to both be special teams contributors either way, but that is going to be my answer to you, Will, which, I mean, leaves it up in the air to either one of the guys. It does. So ambiguous, Ambiguous is a good word, yes. Thank you. Uh, My gut leans towards James. Uh, He's a little younger. Over the last few seasons, he's been more productive. The only issue has been those injuries the last two seasons. If he's healthy, I expect him to be more of that tight end too, although – like Herbert and Montgomery earlier, like it's going to be split mm-hmm. in some degree because Griffin can hold his own as well. He's only two seasons ago. He was a top five tight end in the red zone in the entire league. He had six red zone touchdowns on seven targets. Very much a Very big efficient. factor down there, and I would not be opposed to having multiple tight ends that can be you know, big targets for Justin Fields in that condensed area of the field. But right now I would lead him towards James O'Shaughnessy. Uh, we'll see. Uh, exactly how it all pans out, but between the two, I don't know. How do you feel about them, though? Like, combined, are you okay? Like, I said, I'm okay, and they're solid veterans that can hold over until they find another young player. It's hard. Like, I don't know how many rosters you can actually look at and go, here's a young guy behind another really young tight end. Like, you have to have some sort of a mix. No, you do, and that's the thing, too. Like, let's, before we jump the gun and say what we think about the Bears tight ends, like, how many teams, like – after Travis Kelsey or after yeah, who's, George who's, Kittle. Who's Kelsey's backup? See, exact. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> what uh, I'm thinking, like, Miami Dolphins, they have Gasecki and do they still have Adam Shaheen? I don't know. Well, the only reason we know is because <laughs> Adam Shaheen. If Shaheen wasn't here, you would not know who he is. Absolutely not. You're, you're <laughs> yep, correct. But that's the thing, too. Like, tight ends, it's not a – I don't think it's a very stacked room. Right. So it's, it's all right to not have the top-end talent – or throughout the entirety of the position group. Now, tomorrow we talk about wide receivers. I know we're talking about tight ends. However, did you see the I- weird idea floated around this week? What, it, did it involve Nikhil Harry being a tight end or something? Being a little leaner you move kind of tight end oh, guy? God. No. No? No. Not buying it. Um, 
Yeah, I don't think that's what the, the move is for Nikhil Harry to continue his career. Um, again, a change of scenery can be good for a lot of players, especially being he's got ta- obviously he has talent being a f- former first round draft mm-hmm. pick, number thirty two overall. But yeah, I would throw that uh, notion out of the way. All right, let's move over to tier three. Chase Allen, the UDFA out of Iowa State. Then you have Jake Tongues. Tongues? <laughs> I don't think it's tongues. I'm going to go Tongues. I don't uh, know. I think that sounds about right. I should have looked that one up. It shouldn't even be that difficult of a name to pronounce. Then we have <laughs> Rice and John. He's a second-year player out of Simon Fraser. For me, it's easily Chase Allen, the guy that I'm looking to here. I mentioned to you and Adam, like, his redshirt season. He got hit by the car, by the practice facility. Had, uh, what, Damn how many stitches? State. 103 stitches that year? Yeah. Yeah, like a ton. Uh, but – uh, when I talked to our old pal, Nick Austin, who used to podcast Bears with, you know, back in the good old days, he mentioned, because he covers the Cyclones now for football, just how well-received Chase Allen was in that program. Mm-hmm. One of, like, the best leaders on this team, someone that was a focal point and a spearheaded uh, person that kind of helped drive what he's calling, like, a turnaround within that program. So Chase Allen, the who has, like, that high character, he's known to being a really good blocker. Like, that's his path to potentially make this team. It is, um, and he is somebody that you, you just notice out there on the practice field. Maybe it's like the long hair coming out of the helmet, but, yeah, you do notice Chase Allen out there. I'm curious to see um, when he does get his opportunities, probably with the third team, like how he's able to do in training camp. But that's the guy, too, that I identify with, actually someone um, maybe making the most out of this opportunity here. Um, but, you know, Will, you said, like, turning around the Iowa State program, I'm trying to think. Since I've been watching Iowa, Iowa State, I don't think they've ever beat the the Hawkeyes in football, so it couldn't have. I figured it you. I was figured you would <laughs> throw that out there if that was the case. Uh, but he's a big guy too, six six two fifty one. I like the size uh, as well. Uh, Nomad says he's extra flat footed. Yeah, he's not the best athlete. Uh, that's something that's definitely uh, an opportunity of him to keep working on. Although at this rate of his life, like it's only going to get so much better. Uh, but that's it for me in Tier 3, unless you have any fun facts about the other two guys on this list, but I'm I'm pretty much out. No, like, it obviously with this tight end group, the focal point, the fo- and moving forward this entire season is Cole Komet. Tier 1, the one guy that was there, what can he do to take the next step to show you why he was worth going and getting him as your first pick three years ago? Now this is going to be his opportunity to really make the most of it. All right, well, soon we're going to do some season predictions. Uh, we're also going to guess who makes the team at both positions. But first, Nick, I know you have a message for our listeners that I'm just dying to hear. Yeah, Chicago sports fans, your home for the best Chicago sports coverage is partnering with a leader in sports merchandise and collectibles. Ooh, who could this be? CHO has teamed up with FOCO to secure your access to the best collectibles and gear around, whether it's Bears, Cubs, White Sox, Blackhawks, Bulls, FOCO will have something for you, your kid, a friend, a loved one, everybody. Just go to FOCO. They have it for literally everyone. Looking to get some new gear, collectibles, or accessories? FOCO has officially licensed gear for women, men, kids, from everything from bobbleheads. And we've talked about it a lot on this podcast. Those darn Crocs that I still have yet to, to get. Maybe one day. Maybe I'll get one. Uh, FOCO has got you covered with the best Chicago merchandise for your favorite team. Head on over to FOCO.com. That's F-O-C-O.com. Or click the link below in the YouTube description and check that out. 
And for all non-presale items, use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. Chris Rains went to NFL Savant. He saw the, the targets being skewed towards Komet, but I guess I had a typo in my notes about the targets, so Graham just had a couple more. Minor yep. stuff, but... Yep, but I appreciate him. But act, those targets are now checking. gone for Graham. They're not happening anymore. That's right. They, they have to go, go to elsewhere. Komet. Yep. And if they go to Komet, he better catch them. And six points better pop up on that screen. I would hope so, Will. That's that's the goal. All right, Nick. Starting with running backs, I want to know who makes the team. If you're looking for historical context from both Eberflus as well as Getsy, because I think it's just fair to do both because mm-hmm. there's going to be input all the way around how this roster is going to be created. Uh, honestly, the Chiefs would have been a good one to throw in too, but Colts kept three last year. Packers kept four. Um, the wrong way around. Three in Green Bay, four in Indianapolis. Son of a gun. <laughs> no, it's all right. I mean, there's a lot. Of, I mean, you got to look at all these different teams where all these coaches are coming from and their influence that they have on this Bears roster. But my gut feeling is that on the 53, the Bears are going with three. I'm going with Dave Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, and Kahari Blassingham. Interesting. If we're going with three. And you know what? See, Kahari Blassingham could be a guy that can maybe be inactive for a week. Like depending uh, on the yeah, matchup they like? Yeah, see, that's mm. the thing too. And let's say you want more out of your pass, then maybe a Tress and Ebner. So that's, that's kind of how I was viewing it, but maybe week one, 49, it's going to be a battle between rushing attacks. Yep. I could see Kahari blasting game getting the nod to start. Okay. I mean, you mentioned Ebner. If they keep four, I mean, that's the that's, four. Yep. If they keep three, I mean, is there a chance that the Bears just decide, like, eh, on the fullback? They could. I think it's going to be a really with the, full, with the fullback, it's like a matchup-by-matchup basis, honestly. It's like you don't need him. But for this game, would he would he help you? Would he benefit you to have him on the field? So, yeah, it, like he's going to be in and out of the lineup. I feel like that's a good way. Like I mean, I wouldn't mind the flexibility mm-hmm. catering to your opponent in terms of like finding ways to beat them, exploit them. I mean, we haven't seen that here in Chicago in a <laughs> long time, so it would be welcomed uh, for me. All right, moving over to tight end. I want to make the team. This is one where the Colts kept three, Packers kept four. They inverse themselves on me uh but i have the bears going with three to start the season Komet griffin james o'shaughnessy and then chase allen is on the practice squad and if ryan griffin or as well as o'shaughnessy have injuries yet again i mean allen's easily the next man up yeah no i have the same exact for my tight ends we'll be like the next jesper horstead there will like (sighs) someone who's like Makes his way through the preseason, is showing you what he can do. Is it that Chase Allen type of guy, or is it? I mean, maybe there is no. Does he have other. the locks? He does have, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chase Allen does. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that's what you need to, you know, be that next Jesper Horstead, but maybe he's not on this roster. Maybe not at this point. But um, we'll see. We'll see in, in, in preseason games which one of those tight ends or any position group can stand out. Yep. Michael's asking, will we be at training camp this year? Yes. Hell yeah. Like every single day I'll be there. And I know, yep. Will, you're going to make a lot of appearances too. Adam will be there as well. So let us know when you guys are. That's the thing too. Let us know when you're going to training camp. and Maybe at some point we can meet up. Oh, yeah. Find us on the bleachers. Are they going to put us in bleachers again? Do we know? I'd like to roam. I like love they put Roman the media too. in one spot. I'm like, I never like being there. I like going everywhere else but that. So 
Yeah, we like to roam around. Regardless, we'll be there. And when we, uh, next week, start reaching out if you're going. And we would love to meet you there. And uh, by the way, the answer to your question, there's only one Jesper Horstead. All right? True. Yeah. What no was one I can thinking? replace what him. What was I thinking? They, we can find other people to start having like affection towards, but uh, no one's going to fully replace Jesper, at least in my heart. <laughs> we had to mention him on, you know. Yeah, we had we, to. We had thank to, you. So I'm glad we did. If it came from me, it's, I'm trying too hard, but you brought him I up. I brought him up. Uh, yep, so I appreciate so. it. So now we'll talk about Jesper. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Segment. Over under time. Oh, boy. Nick, I set a very low bar here. Three and a half touchdowns for Cole Komet. Over. It's going over th- three and a half. Uh, I think this offense will do a lot of good things for Cole Komet and his skill set. Just simple things. Play action boots where Cole Komet's just wide open. Like that was happening in, in minicamp OTAs. They didn't do it enough when the previous regime was here. So I'm going over three and a half. Give him five. Love it. Give Cole F five, maybe being too optimistic. I'm taking over as well. When I was trying to set this one, like I was sitting at five and a half. I was like, geez, like we both hammer the under and the conversation to turn negative, and I didn't want that. So I lowered it a bit. Uh, but, again, he's only had two in two seasons. So saying over means he's going to double that output this season, which is a statement of itself. So we're both going to hit the over on that one. 149 and a half carries for Khalil Herbert. He had 103 last year. And if you're looking at Green Bay, Dylan and Jones had 187 and 171 a year ago. I know the offense should be on the field more this year. That is at least the hope that we all have as of right now. But do you think Herbert can get almost 50 more carries? I think so. Um, Just the one point you mentioned there, Will. The offense should be on the field more. It's not going to be, hopefully, as consistent three and outs or where the defense is out there for a majority of the, the game. So just doing that, but I think the Bears are going to, look, there's going to be a huge emphasis to run the ball, but also, like, however they divvy it up, we were saying maybe it's drive by drive, whoever's hot, you will see more carries that way. I, I, I could see Khalil Herbert getting about 150, 155 in terms of the, the attempts this season. He deserves it. Yes, he I does. Think he deserves it. 100%. That's why I'm hitting the over as well. Uh, I'm excited. He averaged over four yards a carry last year. If the offensive line can do a little bit of a better job with his patience and that vision with the little burst wiggle and jiggle, mm-hmm. there's uh, no reason why he shouldn't be able to carry the rock at least 150 times next season. All right, next one's back to Cole Komet. 749 and a half receiving yards for Komet. He had 612 last year. Can he get to 750? Look, he, get, he had 6-12 last year in that offense. Mm-hmm. In that offense that was broken. And the Bears are going to need guys to just step up and be reliable pass catchers. There's no reason why you shouldn't be able to do it well, to be completely honest. I think that's not too crazy of a number. Um, Man, I'm going over, over, wow. over. But um, what was the number at again? 749 and a half. 750. <laughs> right there. Squeak. Right on right it. Um, I'm taking the under. I think the Bears could utilize some of those veteran tight ends as well that may eat some of the yards that Cole Komet has. And his yardage was, again, it was top 20. Uh, but if he has 600 yards or 650, heck, if he just finished at 700 with five touchdowns, people will feel way better about that than if he went for 750 and two touchdowns. Yeah, that's true. 
All right, last over under, 13 and a half rushing touchdowns for all running backs and a fullback. Just no quarterback or wide receiver counts okay. in this one. Uh, they had 11 last year as a positional grouping. Can they get to 14? I think Justin Fields is going to be more of a factor in like rushing mm-hmm. that could take away obviously could take away some opportunities. Uh I'll go under on that mark. Um and not to say that uh, obviously they're regressing in any way, but I'll go under. I'll set it at set it at 10 and a half. Okay. I think Monty can get 9 or more and Herbert can get 5, which gets mm-hmm. me to 14. Like if I have to figure out how to get there. Yeah. You throw in Blasting game one right up the middle. No one ever see it coming because yeah. he doesn't get many handoffs. But now I'm going to take the over okay. on that one. All right, true or false, Nick? David Montgomery sees a slightly smaller role due to the backs by committee approach, but he also posts over 1,300 scrimmage yards and 10 touchdowns. Well, given what I just said about the over, and and I was going to say yeah, kind of puts it puts me in. Uh, um, I did say scrimmage yards. You did say, and I did say. Total touchdowns, not 10 rushing touchdowns. Okay, total. I'll say that's true. He's capable of that, and I think this Green Bay offense, you're going to see more of an emphasis out of him to be a part of the passing game. All right, I'm taking true as well. If he stays healthy, there's no reason why he shouldn't have uh, reached those heights, even if Khalil Herbert has a slightly larger role. Monty should have plenty on his plate to accomplish what I just set out right there. All right, true or false, Cole Komet, Ryan Griffin, James O'Shaughnessy, each catch at least one touchdown this season. False. Not happening. Not happening? Not, well, not with the other guys. I'm just not too confident in those guys. All right. Uh, I'm also with false. I think two <laughs> of them can. Uh, but uh, although it's only one touchdown for the other two guys, I'll say true. Okay. Ryan Griffin can catch one. James can get on the field. Be there. All th- two of them are red zone threats. Cole Komet needs to prove he's a red zone threat. Almost said he was. <laughs> I almost true. said he was, and that would have been inaccurate. All right, true or false, Clear Herbert has more yards per attempt than Montgomery for the second straight season. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, man. Uh, see, the thing is with, with Herbert, obviously less carries, right? Mm-hmm. So then uh, true. I'm going to go true. Uh, again, it's not gonna, he's obviously not going to have as many carries as David Montgomery, but he's just been efficient with the things he's gotten. So I'll go true there. History will say it's true uh, until Montgomery starts etching up a little bit more. And again, I, I think if you have less of a sample size, it's easy to skew your number one way. And it just takes a couple home run hits and you're, that average yep. is going to look really good. All right, last true or false. And it's a doozy. This is David Montgomery's final season as a bear. True or false? Um, true. Mm. True. Um. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's unfortunate, but I th- I think that's what it's going to end up being. Um, what do you th- what are you thinking? Well, well, here's and I said this in my preview article about Khalil Herbert. If the Bears really want to play this outright, and they do want to go fifty fifty, they can look at Montgomery and say, "Hey, this is the role we're asking of you. We want you around." but you're not going to be taking the same amount of carries or asked to do the same things as some of the highest paid backs in this league. And Adam mentioned that Aaron Jones's deal is pretty team friendly. Mm-hmm. So perhaps that would, because, and again, Aaron Jones's role isn't as large as David Montgomery. So if they can use that now and start carving away Montgomery's role, bringing up Herbert and say, Hey, we want a two back approach, but the only way it's possible if you take, you know, this amount of money mm-hmm. and it works for the team, 
I can see him being back next season. So for that reason, just because you said false, I'll say true because there is a way for it to happen. Yes. I just don't know if it's super likely just yet. Yeah, unfortunately. All right. Fill in the blank. Cole Komet will finish in the top blank in receiving yards at his position. Cole Komet will finish in the top 12. Okay, that's, oh, actually, that's actually where I was as well. Really? Okay. I was sitting at 15, but yeah. I thought he can sneak into the top 12. It's like 20 to 12 is such a small gap, but then when you get to the Travis Kelseys and the George Kittles of the world. The outliers, yeah. It, they just, over a 1,000-yard seasons, we, we're not catching that here this season out of Cole Komet. All right, what's your bold prediction for running back? Running back, I have that, again, Kind of goes contradicts what I said earlier about the touchdowns, but Khalil Herbert has six rushing touchdowns this season. <laughs> okay. My yeah. bold prediction may make you fall out of your chair then, if that's your bold prediction. Oh, boy. Khalil Herbert. Oh, actually, I thought I said only one, but this is actually okay then. Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery combined for 1,700 rushing yards and 14 touchdowns this season. Bold? Yep, very bold. Yeah, and then, uh, can I add in special teams after for Khalil Herbert? He gets two re- returns. Okay. Two, so eight total touchdowns. Oh, two return touchdowns. Not two, two return not touchdowns. Not two returns. Oh, yeah, yeah. Two return touchdowns. So eight total between rushing and uh, re- uh, returning. Because we can have a full episode on who's going to return kicks. That's true, yeah. Like, we so literally we'll bring this back up. We'll bring this back up for sure. All right. Uh, tight end bold prediction. Uh, mine's going to be Cole Komet finishes the season with over 850 yards receiving and seven touchdowns. That makes him a top five tight end in this league. Bold? Yes. Very. Likely? Yes. Hell no. <laughs> All right, my bold prediction is very game-specific. Week one, they play the 49ers again. That same situation where that Fred Warner back shoulder fade, back shoulder in the end zone, Cole Komet nails that play, gets a touchdown, his first one in two seasons, and also in that game – He's a leading receiver. All right. So week one, it's a coming out party for Cole Komet. Cool. Remember to copy and paste that when we do the week one preview. Yes. Yep. Awesome. Let's do our confidence meters and wrap up this show. So for running back, I'm sitting at a nine. You're at an 8.5 here on the screen. Oh, look at our tight ends. Our tight ends, man. And we did these independently. Yep. You want to say what those are? Yeah, for people who are just listening to the podcast, for our confidence in our tight ends, I'm at a 6.4. Will is at a 6.5. Right? right. Yeah. We're always thinking pretty alike here, Will, but it's cool to see it in the graphic uh, version here. And, you know, got our little avatar a characters there. Tenth. We missed it by a tenth. You just, just saw it 6.5. You're like, yeah. Man. You're like, Holcomet hasn't caught a touchdown in two years, 6.4. Yep. That's, yep, that's what it was. And I know my bold predictions are probably freaking a lot of people out. And I know I'm in Chicago, and I promise I didn't partake in any legal activities here <laughs> in the city before this show. Uh, but are there any final thoughts before we wrap up? No, Will. It's good having you back in studio. We'll yes. do this again tomorrow and continue this countdown to camp series. Like I said at the top, people love hearing about like every single position, every single player as we are finally approaching Bears training camp. A hundred percent. I want to know if you haven't yet. Uh, rated or reviewed our show. Can you do that on Apple Podcasts? Last time I said we're 15 away. I think I saw we're 14 away now from 800 total reviews of our show. That helps us reach more Bears fans like you, like us, as we continue our journey here at CHGO. And if you listen on Spotify and you want to leave a review there, 
by all means, feel free to do so. Those count as well. I think we're almost at 200 on that platform nice. now, too. So we really appreciate you sending those reviews in. We'll be back tomorrow to continue our countdown to camp as we'll look at the Chicago Bears wide receivers. Is Darnell Mooney that bona fide wide receiver one? Okay, the answer is yes, but we'll talk about why in tomorrow's episode. What kind of season should we expect from Byron Pringle, Bayless Jones Jr.? And then after those three, it's going to be really fun sorting out who we expect to make this team and why there are a lot of guys fighting for a few roster spots. And I think there's a lot of potential, and we'll see exactly what cream rises to the top. But we'll talk about that tomorrow. Until next time, bear down, Chicago.